Good afternoon. We who believe in freedom cannot rest till freedom comes. This is the Mother's Justice Show. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. And you know, it's my joy to be on the air. I thank all our supporters, you know. Everybody knows I'm jazz. I love radio. Grew up with radio. <laughs> Didn't have a television in those days. So I love radio still today. All right. So, hey, I'm in Seattle. It's cloudy. It's our regular weather. You know, I mean, it's regular here today. It's cool. Yesterday, I think it was in the, late, in the low 80s. And now... Uh, about 20 degrees lower than that. Uh, we got clouds and all that stuff. But I uh, want to bring my 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 local guest on here for, for a few for a few here, Mr. Eddie Rye. You know he's a national, international known uh, uh, icon. You know he's been doing this work since he was 10, so now he's 44. Uh, <laughs> Thank you hey. for the compliment. I'm still doing the work. It's like, oh, we got it jazzed up now. So come on, tell me about your jazzed up stuff. Because what's going on? Because hey, we 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 ready to bring it now. Let's bring it. What's up? Yeah, well, you know, given the current state of political affairs in this country, uh, we have the 60th anniversary of the 19 August 28, 1963 march on Washington for jobs and freedom, uh, organized by Bayard Rustin, A. Philip Randolph, Roy Wilkins, Whitney Young other members of the clergy. And uh, now, 60 years later, the same things that we thought we won uh, after the 63 March, which so the next year we got the, the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Voting Rights Act of 65. And now all those uh, uh, gains that we made are under attack and being disseminated, I mean, being destroyed uh, state by state. You look at Alabama, you look what they're trying to do in Georgia, Matter of fact, you can also go to some some northern states to see the same kind of animosity and and the assault of, of, of people's rights uh, under attack. So uh, you know, it's it's we have to get up, and start fighting again. That's all this to it. It's not it's not over. Uh, and if we sit back and allow folks to, to take our rights, our, our, you know, that we fought for and gained, uh, and uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved in this country. Uh, have done more and received less than any other group that's ever come to this country. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about building everything, as you indicated before we went on the air. Ron DeSantis, our great grandfather, came by the Statue of Liberty in 1909. So yeah. a, a lot had happened in this country before Ron DeSantis' great grandfather got here. Uh, well, they were starving in where he came from over there. So he was from Southern Italy. Uh, and I went and researched it today. I'll be talking about it later on uh, in my shows. But they were needing some food when they got to America, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And who was growing the food? Us, us colors. Yeah. And then the other thing, now you see uh, where the, the, this anti-immigrant and just anti-anybody that's not white is background on DeSantis in Florida because uh, folks that pick the crops are leaving now. So farmers now who have been staunch Republicans are speaking up on behalf of uh, <laughs> those undocumented workers who keeps their farms going and the food on Americans' uh, uh, table uh, for, to eat. So I think at some point in time, uh, common sense will finally prevail in this country. And you just can't <laughs> uh, keep passing these draconian laws and expect that things to operate because uh, immigrants have been a part of this country forever since since we were uh, involuntarily immigrants. Well, no, we weren't immigrants. We were stolen. We were yeah, stolen. Yeah. And then when I grew I up, said in Florida, involuntarily. It, 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 right. 
But when I grew up in Florida, black folks, because it was nobody else doing the farm work in Florida. That's history that he don't want to know. People don't know about. In my county, Seminole County was the celery capital of the world. And most of America and most of the celery that went out in grocery stores came from Seminole County. And you know who did that work? People that went look like me and went to high school with me. So uh, and and so no, the first migrant workers in in the state of Florida that followed the crop was black people that was born and the descendant they were descendants of the enslaved people. And that's part of history they don't want no people to know about. See, in the fifties and sixties, the same thing over in, in in the Yakima Valley area. That's it's right, exactly. Folks who picked the crops over there as well. That's right. That's so, right. I mean, so you know, so so yeah. So so everybody else came to America. And a lot of them came as guest workers in the 40s, and they had to go back to Mexico. I mean, in other places, but we never had a ticket. To, we 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 were we were the long we were the long staying folks. They just have not been able to get rid of that. That's just it. See, you know. Well, but, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we have the 60th anniversary of August 28, 1963, March yes. in D.C. for Jobs and Freedom. Mm -hmm. All the gains we thought we made, we got to stand up, fight for them again, and let people know, especially the younger people, uh, you really have to get busy. I, I was reading about what happened down to Texas A&M, and then to realize only 3% of the students at Texas A&M were Black. What well, happened so, at Texas A&M? I'm not familiar with what ha something happened recently. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, 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 they... Uh, wouldn't hire a lady to be over the journalism department because of the fact she was black and they said she was uh, too involved with diversity and inclusion. But if you're black and <laughs> not involved with diversity and inclusion, you must be Clarence Thomas, okay? Or someone of his ilk. So, uh, uh, but you know, what amazes me is that uh, uh, all these colleges uh, have uh, not letting black students in, but they damn sure uh, uh, recruit those black football players and basketball. Well, but, but, but this is what it's going to come down to, Mr. Ryan. You've been talking about this for a long time. The black football players and all these people are going to recognize after a while that they need to, we got HBCUs, been going on for 100 years. You got, you got several right there in the state of Louisiana. I mean, you got grandmas, you got, I mean, we got schools. We got schools. Uh, uh, and, uh, and if we're not wanted at these other schools, eventually uh, we don't have to go. I mean, we still got some of those, so we're not completely out out of education now on people. We, we're not. We're not. Yeah, you know, the thing about you think about some of the players that went to black colleges, and they, they're still going to be recruited by the pros. The, the sad thing is, is that none of the money that these young black men are generating are coming back to the black community. Well, that's why that's where they got to be educated at. Because yeah. see, they plan on they plan on taking all these uh, and so called inclusion and and affirmative action jobs away. I mean, because the next thing that this this ruling that came down with with Uncle Thomas on the lead on that, I mean, it's going to trickle down to uh, to employment. So you're going to have people you're going to people have people coming out with these degrees from these places and can't get no jobs. I mean, we've been here before, so we know what it's like, Mr. White. We have to tell we just have to tell the truth. Oh, you know, you're going to be locking out a door on a door that's not going to open for you. So what are yeah. you going to do? You're going to have to bring some of that talent right on back home to Colored Town. Nope. <laughs> that's right and then we have enough money we, we we still have enough money going through our hands that doesn't stay in our in our community but a minute did i say a minute or you're going to say a half a minute yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's gone i mean so it's just re-educating i mean and i think we're up for it i mean you know like you know i'm excited well, I what you say? What you say? What you say? Oh, you keep that. You keep that excitement to yourself over there, Miss Harriet. 
<laughs> no, but the thing about it is that you know you got to get excited to get ready to to fight for your rights. That's what happens. Exactly. That's what I'm excited about. Exactly. So I'm excited about I'm excited about teaching young people. And maybe this is an opportunity for us oldsters, you know, us over the hill people, that they might think to be able to come and talk to them about the system and what it is and what they're going through. I mean, so 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 when they, all these Karens come at them and all this stuff, uh, they don't have some understanding that uh, you know, this has been going on for a while. And no matter if you never had a black teacher, me and you could be the black teacher. We can yes. teach this. We can teach so, this. So anyway, on August 28th, uh, this year, I know in DC, they're having the big event on Saturday, August 26th. But since we're Martin Luther King Jr. County, we will have an event on uh, uh, on August 28th. And we're talking with several other organizations because Hayward and I are getting up there in age, so we've been talking to, to the dynamic president and CEO of Northwest African American Museum, Anisha DeBarnlevin, about partnering with them. Uh, so we need to hand off some stuff to some younger folks to keep hope alive and keep truth in front of the people's face. So uh, we will be in the process of organizing that event right now. It will be yes. on August. Uh, uh, Hayward Evans is doing a great, real good job in putting things together. Uh, We've already, according to uh, Hayward, that we already have the park, Martin Luther King Jr. Memorial Park. That's uh, good. Also, we'll be uh, having a Zoom. Oh, that's on a Monday. You know that? You know, August that's on, that's on, on Monday. Monday. August 28th yeah. is still up. No matter what day it's on, we're going to do something. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm just talking about it in terms of yeah. because I can, yeah. still, I can still talk about it on my show because it's going to be oh, later absolutely. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then, uh, so it being in the afternoon, the pastors that, uh, that you know, to sleep in on Monday morning will be able to participate because it's late <laughs> in the afternoon. And we also want to encourage uh, members of the clergy to accentuate in their messages that uh, about how important it is for us to get re-engaged and recommitted to fighting for our rights. Well, so, the pastors got to get recommitted to that too. So you're right, you know, really and truly. This is a this is auspicious time. You know, I'm jazzed because I've been in high school sixty years. So this is right down my alley. So you know, I. Just put my put put me down to whatever you want me to volunteer on, you know, you know. I mean, I'm jazz. <laughs> well, that's good. We we definitely will need you and and all the folks that uh, that that you uh, organize with and the people that follow you on this program and the other stuff you do, like with uh, uh, the community, the police community advisory committee that you guys are on. Right. And I see that uh, Reverend Dr. Patricia Hunter. And you, I saw you sitting up there when you guys were tearing folks up. And you know, I saw something today that made me sick to my stomach. A, a black guy was stopped in Ohio, someplace in Ohio. Seemed like there was eight state patrol around him. And with his hands up in the air, the cop turned the dog loose on him. And it's on, it's, it was on MSNBC. It's just absolutely sickening. And, uh, you know, every, once again, this may probably be on paid administrative leave. Well, yeah, because they they, they got brother that get dog, paid right? vacation, right? And they have two ways to do the dogs, okay? Because we want to make us brief with the ACLU years ago. They can corral, they 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 can bark and corral. That means they corner you, or they can bite and hold. And I suspect they were trying to bite. I suspect the dogs were trying to bite this guy. Then, uh, oh, absolutely. Right. The if his hand, if his hands was already up, well, they already had him corralled, so they didn't need exactly. the dog. They had, they they had the dog. at least six to eight. Off of cops around him, I think it was state patrol. That's what they look like. And the guy had his hands up there. There's no reason for them to turn that dog loose. Well, you know what? I mean, but again, this has no. This has nothing to do with reason. I mean, because I don't think yeah. hatred has a real reason. 
I mean, I, th I think that, and, and you're right about that. I mean, that, I don't, I mean, but again, people, people still indoctrinate these kids, their children this way. I mean, really, because why are so many young children, not the guy that with the, and now, you know, in Buffalo, 18 years old. And then the young guy that was in Minneapolis that went there with a gun with the, across the uh, state line with his mother uh, driving him across the state line there in, uh, in, in, uh, in Minneapolis. So, uh, so, so, so the, the way we met, you were, we and I understand Jim Crow, but now this is Jim Crow's uh, great grandchild now. Yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> so, so it's been handed down. You know, this stuff is being handed down. And, and the atrocities, the good thing about it is we have cameras now. Right. And they, folks can't lie anymore about what happened. Yeah, but, but they still didn't point time, anything the police officer said was, was nothing but the truth. And the well, camera yeah, but, a lot of folks out of liars. Yeah, but in some 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 municipalities, even with the camera, they don't lose their job. Yeah. I mean, and then the camera doesn't the cameras have not deterred any of their behavior. You be people thought who fought for, for body cameras thought it would deter their behavior, but it has not. They've emboldened them with these cameras are, you know. It, it, it has a, you know, and that type of stuff. Well, you know, it sounds like you're doing some good work, and I know that you always are, you know, uh, being connected with the Black Caucus and all of that, but so when you get that, when you get that, Mr. Uh, uh, Representative Claiborne uh, from, from North, South Carolina on your show, I sure want to know about it, because they got that, that in the National Black History Museum there, okay? All right, I'll be all right then, so okay, yeah, then. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, all right. Thank you so uh, so much, and we'll be talking again about our about, about the commemoration and the celebration of the March on Washington here coming up in August. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show at eleven fifty a.m. KKNW. I'm your host from Walden, and we'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother. Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Hi, this is Marilyn Milano. If you love animals, then please check out my new show, Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays from 9 to 9.30 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. I'll be talking with rescue groups, animal advocates, and other organizations that help animals, sharing their stories, and giving our listeners some tangible ways in which they can help make a difference. That's Love Has Many Faces, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Raising awareness, touching hearts, and saving animals' lives. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. Conversation you won't find on the rest of the dial. Alternative Talk 1150. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM. KKNW, I'm your host from Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. I want to thank all our supporters uh, who support us and keep us on the air. Uh, the Virtuous Healing Circle and also uh, Market Market Street Shoes uh, uh, for supporting us. And uh, 
because I got a great guest I'm bringing on now, Reverend uh, Eric Odell. Uh, good for friends, true transparency, uh, but also he's a, I, 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 a pastor, a, a former pastor of Amazing Grace, uh, I, 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 I Center up for Spiritual Living. Uh, and uh, he's uh, coming on and we're going to talk about, we're leaving one topic, but we're going into a topic that's dear to my heart in this metaphysics and uh and we're going to be talking about the power of now. And this is the first time guests on Mother's Just a Show. And people can catch this on our podcast because we do have a podcast and it'll be posted later on. So welcome, uh, uh, Pastor or uh, Reverend or Eric. I mean, we know each other by a variety of names. <laughs> it is so delightful to be a guest on your show. And I am grateful that I get to look at you because you are styling a very nice hat. Oh, uh, thank you. I put it on. Yeah. You know, I'm a hat girl. I love hats. I love it. It's great. <laughs> thank you. And, yeah. and the power of now is such a great topic because it seems in this modern life where we are so inundated with points of view and uh, um, information and news and fake news and pseudo news and, and lies that more than ever, uh, it's important for us to be clear-minded. That is where the power of now really comes in. Right. You know, I, I, I have a little example of the perfect, um, uh, the perfect example of how the power of now can play out. Okay. And that is, I'm sure all of us have gone to the grocery store and we've got the trunk full of all these bags of groceries. And we think that we're going to save time by, by loading up as many bags as we can. And most of us have had the situation where a bag breaks, where we trip, where we drop something, and, and we wind up it taking longer to unload the trunk than it would have if we had just been more mindful and more patient and taken our time. And this is why when we're looking at questions of news, fake news, other people's opinions, you know, everybody's got an opinion and everybody's got an opinion about us and what we should and shouldn't be doing. Amen. Amen. And how do you tease out and how do you sort out and how do you let go of that which is not true or not true for you? Right. And the power of now, the ability to be still. Right. The ability to rest within yourself, the right. ability to clear the channel and allow divine mind to tell us the truth. Because, you know, one of the most beautiful things I ever heard in a church service was that our minds are one with the mind of the infinite. Right. We can know anything that we need to know. That's right. We need to know it. And I know that you, Harriet, have had many instances <laughs> where you were at a crossroads or a choice <laughs> point. You could not have had sons and not had to stop and oh, make a decision. Yeah. But, oh, you know, I showed up at Unity I, 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 uh, 45 years ago. I never looked back. I mean, I just, you know, I walked away from a lot of things, but uh, I, I, I walked into that uh, uh, environment. Uh, and I felt I, I got to I got to be experiencing I, I got the first experience of a loving God, not so much a judgment. And then uh, how that changes your life. Mm. Uh, uh, and then my children was raised there. I mean, 
and died. And so they didn't get the, uh, they didn't get the, uh, I mean, you, there's an experience being raised in a black church and going to, to a black Sunday school like I did, uh, but they got a lot of other things. And so, you know, I mean, and, and stuff like that. I mean, that when you, under, when you grow up knowing that God is on your side and that uh, wherever you are, wherever you go, wherever you be, whether you want to be, that, that that's a spirit that's going to be there with you and not, not going to leave your side, not going to leave you alone. I mean, they say that in other places. I, I And I'm sure they do. I'm sure I've heard it a lot, but I have not. I, I never heard it that way. And the only thing that shifts your consciousness is when you hear a way that, that you can uh, believe it. You know, I mean, people can say it a thousand times, but if it doesn't resonate in a way that you can believe it, then it's not your truth. It only becomes your truth when you can when you can comprehend it and you can feel it deeply that, uh, oh, okay. And then and then the silent meditation within the service. It's like, oh, people actually be silent, be quiet. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I, I was actually not raised in any religion at all. We never went okay. to anything. And... And and in a and and really, I've come to be grateful to my parents for that because I never had to throw anything off. I never had to reject anything. I never had to uh, leave a community or leave something that I'd been that I that I'd been attached to. I really was free to pursue the truth wherever I found it. And when I look back over my life so far. And I think I've been to Catholic masses. I've been to Black Pentecostal churches. I've been to I've been to evangelical churches. I've been to Episcopal churches. I've been to Methodist. I've been to Presbyterian. I've been to Church of God in Christ. I've been to Unity. I've been to New Thought. I've been to a Hindu temple. I've been to a synagogue. Uh, you know, I've been to a Quaker service. Yeah, and me one too. Of, one yeah. of the things that, and what I love about the Quakers is oh, yes. for them a really great service is when no one says anything. The yes, whole yes. I, I've, I I've really love the silence. That's silent. Yes, and I've at been the opposite end of the spectrum is the Pentecostal service, right. which is driving, rhythmic, very uh, enveloping, relentless sound, whether it's right. from the music or from the preaching. It, 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 it's the total opposite of the Quakers. Right, right. exactly, exactly. But, yeah, but what is great is um, uh, we, we apparently, the divine likes variety. I think so, because there's so many different people in the world. And just think that uh, that spirit uh, uh, called by many names, I, I even appear to the, the aboriginals, aboriginal people say they've been carbon dated to be 45,000 years old. And so they have a truth too. Long before any of the words that we talk about that was written, they it, it had to be written on their hearts. And I've come to believe that the divine and this uh, infinite intelligence called by many names, I, I wrote uh, on our hearts all the messages that we needed. I mean, because if you one of the things if you if you ever had just reading the Bible just a little bit, I mean, one of the things that, that you can close your eyes and just think about in a scripture will come to you. And sometimes you don't even know where the scripture comes from. And that's if you open it. And so it's like, oh, well, everywhere, you know, I mean, everywhere this. And then you look out at, at, at the weather today and the nice the green trees. And because um, fall isn't here. So you still got 
leaves on the trees and and you look at what made a mountain, I don't think any government official did. <laughs> you know, I don't think any general of the world did. And I don't think anybody that's of that nature that think they have so much power built there, put in the Atlantic Ocean or the, or the Pacific Ocean. So there's something in the world that's bigger than us. Uh, 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 and that mighty old sun, even on a day like today, when you go up 35,000, you're going to see the sun. Right. And I think I think that was the first time that when I saw that, I had a, it had a, proud, a, proud, a profound uh, effect on my spirituality. It mm. really did. Mm. Because even as a child, my grandmother used to say that the sun never set. But how did she know that? You mm. know, I guess she knew it. Maybe she had read it. I don't know. But that's true. I mean, because when it's night here, it's the daytime in the Southern Hemisphere. Exactly. exactly. Yep. So, well, of course, so. there's a beautiful old spiritual about the sun never sets. Of course, right. they're speaking of, of heaven. But, right. it is, but it is true that the sun's always shining somewhere. Always shining somewhere. And that, to me, is, is a good anchoring place for your spirituality. For sure. If you're if you, if you, if you, if you kind of like trying to, trying to get it, trying, trying to maybe leave, uh, trying to open up a new door, and you're not quite sure how you're going to do that. Well, when you look at the sun, uh, the S-U-N, and you know that it never sets, then that's like, wow, that's that's mighty power there. You know, and that is it's all it's it's a given. I mean, if you need a principle that you can actually see with your eyes, because some of the principles there, you know, they're they're esoteric, but they operate in your systems. But the sun, you can actually see that with your eyes. And to me, that's a, for me, that, that was a great, that was a great welcoming place for me to kind of wrap things around. As I was learning something that was different that I had been raised with, uh, uh, and embracing something new. But you said you picked up a book there that uh, that you wanted to read something out of. Well, I am preparing. I'm going to be guest speaking at Unity of Bellevue this coming Sunday, and I've decided to focus on prayer. So mm -hmm. I'm pulling out different books off of my shelves that have something to say about prayer. And um, this one is uh, from a little pamphlet by Emmett Fox called The Mental Equivalent. Yes, I used to have that one. I, I, uh, I find that the war in the Ukraine is on my mind a lot. Mm. And, um, you know, very, very troubled uh, by this situation. And Emmett Fox in this pamphlet on page six, he says, what about war? He's talking about mental equivalence or whatever ideas we hold in mind are going to outpicture in the material. Right. And, and, and he says, what about war? Well, that is the physical expression of a mental equivalent held by the human race. The human race has believed in the old boogeyman of fear. It has believed that you can enrich yourself by taking something belonging to someone else. It has believed in death and in lack. It has believed that aggression pays and that helping yourself to other people's things is a good policy. We <laughs> all have believed in this to some degree. The natural result of this mental equivalent has been to precipitate in the outer a picture of war, death and suffering and so on because humanity had the mental equivalent of war, war came. And what I'm, what I'm thinking when we talk about, you know, for you, uh, 
you saw that the sun was shining even when there were clouds and it changed your consciousness. Well, I think that all of us were changed when we saw the picture of the earth by the astronauts coming back from the moon. Yes, I have a, I have a poster. And we all were like, oh, we're on this little blue and, and, and green marble in the middle of nowhere. And I think that that has changed. I think that has changed us in a way. And the other, th the other thing about, you know, the, the war and the idea that you can just take people's stuff, which is really what has happened here with Putin and his aggression on the Ukraine. Um, what I loved was when he called up a draft, all these hundreds of thousands of young men left the country because they, they left Russia because they did not want to go to war. Right. And we used to, you know, it used to be that to prove your manhood, you had to kill. To right. prove that, that, that war was a glorious thing. That right. being a general, that having uniforms, that, that being a good swordsman, that being a good uh, cavalier and being able to shoot while riding a horse, that all these ways of killing, that this was really what made you a man and was the ideal of maleness. And that actually societies were decadent if they did not have a warlike masculine, uh, you know, element to the culture. And, um, you know, we have had the song Imagine. It's my favorite song. Yeah, maybe when we, we go to break, that maybe I, yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll, maybe uh, Eric can play that for us when we go to break in a few minutes, Imagine. Yeah, but we've had that and that, the picture of the earth coming back from the moon, the song Imagine, um, this idea, you know, that at least a lot of the world is horrified by this act of aggression. And I think that our consciousness as a race, this gives me hope because the evidence seems to be the consciousness of the race is shifting and saying war is expensive, war is uh, immoral, uh, nothing good is proved by it. Um, you don't just go take people's stuff anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, we've we've had colonialism, and well, and, and there's a lot of a lot of it was not great. And here we have, uh, you know, a couple of people who are in positions of power, like kings of old, and they think they can just run the old program and just take other people's stuff. Well, it's happening here in America too. Though. Absolutely, that's right. Absolutely. So let's take a break and see if Eric has that song for us. It will be right back. Listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM, KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. Hi, this is Dr. K. Mahina Intron, inviting you to tune in on Mondays on 1150 KKNW at 5 p.m. to Dr. K's Attuning to Your Abundance, where we honor everyday abundance through positive messages, poetry, music, affirmations, and writing exercises. 
For more information, contact Dr. K Workshops at gmail.com or Facebook Dr. K's Abundance. That's right, the world will live as one. This is Rev Walden, your host on 1150 AM KKNW Mother's Justice Show. Welcome back. I want to welcome back my guest, uh, Reverend uh, uh, Eric Bodell. Uh, uh, We've been knowing each other for a while. He's uh, uh, into the esoteric, uh, uh, into, into knowing. He's into knowing that uh, peace is possible and that we have to see it, we have to believe it, and we have to call it. We have to call it. So welcome back. So let's just get started. You know, you were talking about, you know, you're going to be over I, I unity over in Bellevue. I used to love to go there, especially when one of the other pastors was there a long time ago. I would go there from time to time. So, yeah. Mm, mm. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you mentioned in the break about the slave Bible and um, the, the, the key, you know, when we ask the question, what's true and what's not true, what's real news and what's fake news and, and how does that influence our choices in life? And th- these are very important questions. And, one of the things, like, how do you know that you're in a cult? That's a really good, how, how have you, how could you check to see, are you being deluded? Are you being seduced by the false? And I believe that one really important check is how does the philosophy or the information that you are receiving make you feel how does it make you feel about yourself? How does it make you feel about the world? How does it make you feel about other people? If the information and the ideology and the point of view that you are, uh, that you are feeding on makes you hate yourself or doubt yourself or even fear yourself, that is something to pay attention to. If it makes you hate other people, or uh, the untrusting of even human nature, that is something to pay attention to. If it makes you feel that other, that other groups of people or other people are your enemy, um, or that the world is out to get you, or that God is out to get you, uh, if, if, you know, because there's a, there's a commentator out there who, who was recently fired from his network and was very popular. And I only watched one of his programs and I just felt that it was incredibly dark. It was this incredibly dark, heavy, um, fear inducing, um, uh, anxiety producing, um, uh, diatribe. And it's like, I, I do not want to live in that kind of environment. I, that isn't where I want to live. That isn't the burden that I want to carry. And as you know, your positivity, your positive philosophy is, is a bedrock of your power and your effectiveness as a community organizer and an activist against racism. Yeah, but, but, but you know what? I just have to say one thing that it took 300 years to do this. I mean, really, truly, I mean, our people was, was brutalized. I mean, you know, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, same thing that Putin is doing. It was brutal every day. So people didn't have any place to think a new thought. I mean, right. because it wasn't, it wasn't, it was not available. I mean, all they could think about was fear. I mean, but, but the ones who was able to break through knew that freedom was possible. And, and they, they were very, and they were very powerful and yeah, they were right. very effective. Well, but some chose freedom through death. All of them didn't escape alive. 
But a lot of the ones who did, like Harriet Tubman, that Harriet Tubman made a decision that she was more than a slave, right. and that uh, and that that to her life was that there was something else beyond that. Maybe she didn't know what it was, but it had to be different from this. Or maybe she had a vision that it was something. I mean, it's like Sojourner Truth had a vision. I mean, these people had visions and uh, uh, and visitations. Frederick Douglass, same yeah, thing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. And so and so. Uh, and Frederick Douglass had his aha uh, when he learned to read, you know, it's against the law. But the uh, the uh, plantation owner's wife, I think, taught him to read. And, and then he never was the same anymore because he broke away and, uh, and and went to freedom. So, but once you introduce the idea that freedom is possible, or now what we're talking about is now. Right. Then, uh, then it changes the whole equation. I mean, yeah. and sometimes you might not be able to take anybody with you. Because nobody might not believe it's possible. Right. You know, well, that's why, you know, freedom, it's an inside job. It's everyone's business. Not only our own freedom, but the freedom right. of others. Right. That's right. And uh, and that's what Harriet did. You know, she went back several times. And uh, and, uh, and she never lost a patient. I mean, she never lost a traveler, uh, a passenger on the Underground Railroad. And she said, because she listened 100% to the voice of God. Exactly. She says, that she says if, the, if the voice told her to get off the train, whatever it told her, she was 100% obedient. And so was I, so was Sojourner Truth. They trusted that internal mechanism, what they called by whatever they called it. Uh, they trusted that so much until they never wavered from that answer, you know, that answer that came. And to me, that's a, that's a, a power that, that that's a, a a power of now that was used that, that they had uh, uh, to speak something in a manifestation, and it, and it showed up. Exactly so. You know, and and it showed up in a big way that changed history not only for them, and for other people. I mean, uh, uh, and and I think you have those those those, those uh, uh, aha moments in every in every every country every time. I mean, and there's so many people that. Uh, you know, I mean, even the people who, who were in Russia at one time was going to Siberia and they were being, you know, and some of them lived through that. I mean, Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela had the power of now because, I mean, he decided one day that uh, he was free in his mind. Right. <laughs> he turned yeah. the prison into a university of freedom, a university exactly. of freedom and freedom activism. That's right. That's right. And I did. And freedom has freedom is a consciousness because I uh, really had you have to believe on some deep level, no matter what's out picturing, because uh, because uh, you know what was out picturing to, to Harriet and Sojourner Truth was bondage. Right. No way out. Right. And you always had people who was listening and was going to go tell. I mean, you know, and that's the same people today that we have. You know, just telling stuff and uh, uh, and and that type of thing. And always had people believe that some groups of people are not worthwhile. And they're not worthy of living. So so mm -hmm. they do everything to keep for living. But end of that, it, it's like a it, it's like a flower that's deciding to grow through the sidewalk. Exactly. But that is the power of the infinite, which right. produces miracles. Our very breath is a miracle. Life is a miracle. Life on earth is a miracle. And you know, uh, if you're not in awe, you're not paying attention. Oh, and, and then that's that's and, and then that's what's what this is about, because I mean, because one of the things about the, about the power of now also, I mean, by some by just being still, 
I mean, because you can ask a question and the question will come. I mean, the answer comes. I mean, and that's why we wanted to just talk about this because it's not coming. I mean, we've been trained to believe you know, that, that it's coming, that it is in a great by and by, it, it's coming. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's already here once you understand that it's here already. When you just waiting on your recognition. When you put it off to the future, you are separating yourself from it. Right. But if that's the training that you've had, and that's, a, and that, that's that, 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 in order to keep people in bondage, there was a training around that. Exactly. You know, like, you know, you know, and uh, and and then even after even after sometime the freedom was supposed to come, people were still in bondage because by that time it's a consciousness of bondage. Exactly. And then how you so you have to break through the consciousness to want to be free. You because know, because right. every chapter of the unfoldment of the fight for uh, black freedom in America has always been marked by a change in consciousness. And all, all the way, all the way, because really until it took 350 years, I mean, over 300 something years, I mean, that, that, that the Florida governor don't want people to know about to actually create the, uh, you know, the mighty Africans to even begin to be sort of like they could, they, they could, it was so unruly. <laughs> I so remember very well when I think it was uh, uh, Carmichael, um, who who said uh what is strong he said black is beautiful and he said black coffee is stronger and and like those kind of ideas were like they were like bombs going off in the collective consciousness because it was such this idea that to be black was ugly and weak and all those things about black is beautiful and black coffee is stronger and you know when we saw uhura on Star Trek, I was just thinking about this today. Like when when you see Uhura on Star Trek, and she's not a maid, and she's intelligent, and she has a sophisticated job, that was like it was like a total bomb going off in the culture. Right, but see, I was raised in segregation, and all black teachers never had a white teacher in my life, uh, and so my consciousness was always different. Because right. all my teachers was taught by the late great Mary McLeod McCune, who actually convinced Rosa, uh, Eleanor Roosevelt to convince her husband to let the uh, Tuskegee Airmen fly uh, uh-huh. uh, during World War II. And they never but left. You it. have moved beyond the consciousness that you were educated in and raised in. No, no, not, no, I have not. I was raised steeply unknowing who I was as a person of African descent. Uh-huh. The history that I was raised in. And the teacher that I, the teaching that I got from all black teachers who understood who I was and what my capacity was, and knowing that I could be smart. I mean, no, I have not moved beyond that. And I and I taught that to my children, because because living sitting next to a white student or integrating does not make me smart and does not make me better. Say right. I'm living in an integrated world, but I'm not an integrationist. Right. But I honor all people. But I was raised uh, I, by people who were born in the 18th century. My grandmother was born in 1889, and my grandfather was born in 1885 or something like that. Wow. So, uh, they, they're saying that this Supreme Court decision striking down affirmative action may actually strengthen attendance uh, and scholarships to historically Black colleges. What do you think about that idea? 
But you know what? They were always there. We never needed to go to Harvard. It was always brainwashing. We always had our own medical school because, you know, if you want to be a doctor in America, you had to go to Meharry by medical school. We've always had our own. My granddaughter just graduated from down at Tuskegee, which is the oldest, uh, one of the oldest universities in America. Booker T walked from, from Hampton, Virginia to Tuskegee, Alabama in the late 1800s and started uh, 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 Tuskegee. So all of these schools in America are, are over 100 years old, or past 100 years old. So we never really wanted to, we never need, needed to go there, but other people thought they were inferior. Mm. But I mean, uh, you know, Martin Luther King graduated from that, Jesse Jackson. I mean, a lot of these people that's doing something today graduated from black uh, black colleges. And I mean, even even if you saw Catherine, uh, I saw the hidden figures, it would not have a space program if it wasn't for Catherine Johnson. She was a black woman. Uh, they went to a segregated school like I did. Never had a white teacher in her life. Was brilliant. Mm. It's the other people who never thought we were brilliant. Mm-hmm. But see, we had to be brilliant to survive slavery. Amen <laughs> to that. <laughs> you know, so so it's always somebody else's opinion about us. But but what? But more importantly, we live in a society that don't see us as equal. And so this ruling actually will probably be more black kids going to black colleges because they're going to feel safer there. Mm-hmm. They're going to be an environment that's welcoming. Mm. I mean, because you, when you spend when you spend four years on the HBCU college campus, you're gonna know what a family is. If you come from the Pacific Northwest and never seen a lot of black people at homecoming, you're gonna see more black people at homecoming than you ever seen in your entire life. Like my granddaughter, she wind up she wind up being the first female leader of the drum of uh, the drum line in the history oh. of Tuskegee. I, I and she went to Catholic school here. She's not coming back to Seattle. Where does she, where does she want to live now? I, well, right now she's going to Colorado for uh, to get some uh, for an intern, but I mean she's going to probably stay in the South. Uh-huh. I mean, although the South got a lot of a lot of uh, all the issues that's going on, I mean you get to see black people in their greatness. I mean, it's right. no question that you got black professors on college campuses with two or three uh, degrees and stuff. It is it is the European Americans' idea that they bought into that we're inferior. But how right. can how can how, how can a, a dominant gene ever be inferior. <laughs> That's what science says. I uh-huh. mean, so so anyway, I mean, but again, I, I it's unlearning all the stuff that you've been taught because a lot of times everybody's been taught something that's not true. Mm. And that's and true. then, you know, uh, but, but the power of belief makes people hold on to those ideas. But the power of now means you can release those ideas. See? Exactly. Because the truth is the truth. That's right. And, it's, and it was but it was before the earth was formed and exactly. it will still be the truth when the earth is no more. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. And all the people, I mean, and then history, I mean, science it says that we, you know, have a civilization begun in Africa, you know, and the mighty Africans left there 250,000 years ago upright and went to every continent. That's why when they unearth all this stuff, they always find a dark man. I mean, because how did he get there? Right. <laughs> My right. David, you know, but, but but all of this, you know, all the all the ways that we believe, uh, that, that you know, that I've come to believe is that uh, is that there's a power so greater than we are, mm-hmm. and it's available right now, at this particular moment. Is it you know, it's people right now who doctors said they wouldn't live five months ago, and they are playing golf today because then now they didn't believe that. They and believe also the miracle of somebody realizing they are worth more 
Yes. They can, they don't have to put up with relationships where they are oppressed. That's right. That's right. That's right. Because really, we are individualized expression of the most high. You know, I mean, we came here to be the light. I mean, we came here to be a, a beneficial presence on the uh, on on the planet. And I don't think too. I don't think people was born to pick up a gun to harm people. Mm. I, you know, I I don't think that's part of what they were born to do. You mm. know, I I really don't. So so, but the power of now, you know, and the power of beliefs, I think they go more uh, hand in hand, because that beliefs you have to you have to you have to have enough spontaneity. I had enough uh, uh, going to shift uh, uh, that opinion when something else comes up. Because I, before I was talking to uh, Mr. Wright, a civil rights uh, uh, icon here uh, about Florida, and the people not willing to shift and they're willing to continue to teach their children stuff that's not true. And it's not going to benefit them down the road. Right. But because there's so many things that, that every day you encounter that was designed by the black man, you know, I mean, you know, so many, so many things that, that people use every day that they would have to give up a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I did see a, 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 a post, might have been a Facebook post, and it had this a huge list of things that were invented by black people. Oh, not the least. I mean, way beyond peanut butter. But I think it was like air conditioning and GPS and GPS. Yes, right, that's, right, that's right. That's right. Right. And Cotan. It's on the back of you. It's used in the television, used in all electronics. Comes from the Congo. Oh, so I mean, yeah. so so if, if it wasn't for the Congo, you wouldn't be able to use a cell phone, right? Right, you know. And then you wouldn't be if you needed a transfer. You know, a child, if you needed a blood transfusion, you would. You if it wasn't for Charles Drew, you wouldn't be able to have one. And Katherine Johnson let, is the reason why you why Elon Musk Musk think about going into space, right? Yep. <laughs> so it's so so it's again it's 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 this nonsense that a group of that people are inferior right. and now it's no it's say i say it's no inferiority on being a slave it's inferiority on the person who wants to keep you enslaved that's right <laughs> that's where it's, yeah exactly. you know, again, i mean who is really is it really smart to exploit others is that the smart thing no, no. And then you think about the Russians. They have not known freedom in a thousand years. Right. A thousand years. So so how can they think a new thought? I mean, you know, right. I mean, it's available, but it's that, that thinking apparatus has been suppressed for 1,000 years because they so had So if thought. you want to, if you're in Russia and you want to be like a Harriet Tubman or a Sojourner Truth, if you want to leap outside of the bounds of race consciousness and the limits of culture, then the way you do that is tap into the divine knowingness within that's right. you. And that's, that's right. where the power of now that's is. That's where the power is. So powerful. That's right. That's the way it is. And, and, and there's people that are doing that as we speak. Right. People, they speak people in uh, Cuba. I mean, because we were made to be free. Right. We weren't made to be in bondage. I mean, why? I, that doesn't. That doesn't. We're not bringing anything new to the planet. If you're in bondage, you you came to express. That's right. And that uh, you know, and whatever you impress upon your subconscious mind that you was talking about before will be expressed. Uh, you know, uh, on the screen of life. So now, why not put love down there? Because you could teach love. Yes. Yes. I heard yes. that word. Yeah. I mean that's that's that power, right? Because you can teach it. 
Just like you teach your children, like people give the kids a backpack of hatred, you can give them a backpack of love because they are born without hate. Very true. Absolutely. And now, by the time they're four years old, they got a backpack on. You can fill it with <laughs> love. Cultural baggage. It can That's serve right. you or it can hold you back. If I can hold you back. Well, I have to tell you, this is such a big uh, talk. I'm so glad that you were on here for the power of now. And we will continue to, with the power of now because I'll have you on again and we'll have another another esoteric, uh, nice uh, I, I talk about what the world is, what the world is, because we see the world with love. No better way. That's right. No better Thank way. Thank you so much for having Good. me. Well, thank you love for you. being on. Love you too. Thank you. You're Thank listening you. to the Mothers Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'll be a host from all this. My joy to be on there. See you next week. All right. Take care. Big love. <laughs>